Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It is born in the fury of the most violent storms on Earth. It has traveled thousands of miles, building in strength and size. And here, in a remote corner of the planet, some men will not run from its fury. They will ride it. You're not ready for it. I'm ready. So when the wave breaks here, don't be there, or you're gonna get drilled. He's a modern savage. If I say it's safe to surf this beach, Captain, it's safe to surf this beach! What's he searching for? The ride. The ultimate ride. What's up? The only thing surfers have in common with the rest of America is they're unemployed and love crystal meth. Okay, well, this is the is episode. Yes, we're recording now. Okay. Yes, okay. Well, this, this is <laughs> a couple times now. You haven't hit recorded. It's we've got on halfway at nine. A couple small. Jesus. This is called. Uh, this is this is old guy shaming. Um, not cool. So this is the episode you've all been waiting for. By all, I mean the four of you that are out there listening to this podcast. Um, this okay. is the sponsorship episode where Damien Farrenfort will impart some pretty amazing wisdom on. The future of uh, of what a sponsor, being a sponsored athlete should look like um, post COVID, but also what it was already looking like pre COVID. Yeah, I think uh, we kind of the first four episodes. If any one of you even got through any of them, uh, we kept saying that the sponsorship was coming up next, and then it didn't, and then it didn't. So we're finally doing it. So, and what kind of I think halted a little bit was COVID and kind of what's happening, right? So. I think, you know, one thing I think we're definitely seeing with COVID doing is it's accelerating everything, like right. business, industry. So essentially, what's happening now was going to happen in 10, 5 years, 10 years, who knows. Well, there was already a decay, frame. right? Exactly. We saw what was happening with Hurley at the beginning of the year. There was a massive decay. Mm-hmm. Brands aren't sustainable with having these top tier athletes, or as many as they do, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So what it's done is it's really sped it up now. So now we're kind of six weeks into this thing we're seeing some we're really seeing the effects of like what the pain on the business front and what's going on with these brands and yeah and then also like the opportunities that are being missed and lost on the other side of that right well in the tension i think there's a lot of tension now between you know and and they're sort of like the ceos are still taking x amount of money versus what the the athletes might be getting to take right so it's like, hey, if I get a pay cut, you get a pay cut, kind of thing, right? And it, and is and what's and what's fair and equitable for everybody, if in, in if if that's kind of the case, or, you know, is it okay just to fire your whole team? Is is that okay? Like, is that is that even legally okay? What what about you know the, some of the things you can speak to? I guess in this episode is, is you know, force majeure, the a, a term that a lot of you might not be familiar with, but basically it means if there's a an act of God, um, you know, some certain contracts are null and void, um, so. Uh, well, that's what we're being told, but it's not actually the truth. So, it was actually bullshit. Yeah, yeah. So like, yeah. yeah. So like an act of God is specified in a few different ways. So we can break that down a little bit. Yeah, Before let's do. we dive into that, yeah. um, I think we wanted to just kind of quickly talk about something that just popped up on all of our news feeds today. And yes. that was Eric Logan's handsome face uh, announcing that there's going to be all these change-ups to the 2021 tour, right? Yeah. So initially they said that you know, it's on hold till June. We already told you that, so that's no news. Yeah. Um, and then secondly, they're going to change a tour up. And what they're going to kind of do is they want to have some kind of surf off. And this is not new. This is what they wanted to do three or four years ago. They had spoken about this. 
And is it, is 20... it a Kelly thing, by the way? Just just to just to just to put an interlude into the interlude. Yeah. Like, is is this a Kelly thing? I think so because this is right. his greatest shot at winning a title, right? So to me, yeah, to winning one more title. So yes. to me, this is. So they talked about this doing this, and they were going to do it in Indo on a surf trip, and like there was going to be the top six, and one surfed against six, mm-hmm. and all the way down, right? And yeah. there would be this day that they would live stream, and what they're trying to do is package it up for like drama and create this. But one of one of my buddies was just texting me this morning, Kev Jensen. He was texting about it, and Kev knows so much about so much. He's just one of those people. Just is it's crazy to... how like you just he'll just come up with shit. You're like, wait, how do you know that? Yeah, he's you just know? one of those it's people nuts. that just reads and just. Right, holds absorbs. it, absorbs, and then anyway. So he said it's very much like the um, so NASCAR, which was mo- massive for a while, right? And yeah. then saw heavy dip. They tried to introduce this new chase format, and basically what they did was they took the top sixteen people in the field who had ever won races throughout the year, and then they put them in this event at the end. Where, from what I understand, like. The guy in number one place starts and then everybody has the opportunity to beat him. And that's how they crown a world champion. Okay. So what that doesn't do though, it, so there's a whole bunch of flaws in this and same as WSL. So let's go back to theirs, what yeah. they're trying to do, right? So yeah. let's use that they do something like this, for example, and a combination of what they had previously wanted to do. I think they were actually meant to start it in 2021. Remember, they were going to start with Pipe and it was going to end right. in Indonesia, right? So yeah, was, yeah, yeah. Well, 2020 was actually meant to be the year they did it all. 2021 i thought and then i thought and then there was so much pushback that the they they decided not to do it right which is weird because they said the surfers they've been working with the surfers and everyone to get this across but i work with surfers and i haven't heard it once yeah secondly because it got shelved so yeah it's the same way as like the wave pool all the surfers voted for the wave pool to be taken off and then all of a sudden we're back on tour don't you work don't you work with some dude that was like a world title contender yeah a couple times yeah (laughs) but uh but anyway so this format is, to me, it just defeats the object of like consistency and that. So here, and here's my issue with it. Like, for sure, you've got to be able to perform and it's exciting and that. But Lewis Hamilton won the Formula One. John John did it in Portugal, like before the year ended, right? right. And that's the benefit of being consistent and putting on a crazy show the whole year because everybody loved those performances throughout the year. John that year, he dominated Mogs. He dominated, yeah, he was yeah. just like, insanely dominant right yeah right so this almost did that same thing in 2019 gives the most dominant surfer and, and the opportunity to lose right yeah at the hands and then throw this into the mix and this is why i don't believe it like whether nascar might have every um track is the same right it could be a circle i, I don't think so there's probably some i don't variations. know I think, no nascar is all ovals yeah so it's, it's all it's, ovals it's drive the fast turn left is the exactly. whole thing yeah so but surfing is not so right. you so let's pretend it's not ending at pipe. Let's pretending it's ending at like three foot lowers. John John has done the most incredible surfing all year. One, 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 one. Now it's at three foot lowers. Kano has managed, managed to get a win in um, Bali. Bali right? Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now, so he's yeah. qualified for this surf off, right? If we're right. going off the NASCAR, they mm-hmm. choose. If you win an event, you get in there and then, you know, the top X amount. So now he loses. He could go down because... Again, we're dealing with Mother Nature. Right. An insanely inconsistent variable. Right. And which makes consistency in surfing that much harder because the playing field is Which makes it so much radder when it does happen. Exactly, right. And then you're dominant in so many different conditions and he could go down at the hands of a Kanoa after an amazing year in three foot lowers or who knows, maybe they decide to do this at the wave pool where they can schedule that where obviously Gabriel Medina is going to win the world title. 
despite maybe having a bad year, right. a bad year for Gabriel and not being that close in the in the actual standings, right? Right. No, I think that will. And and here's the other thing about that is that like so, you know, almost to go, we can get we can fully just drive back into this anytime during this podcast or anytime during a future podcast. But the the interesting thing here is that. If that's the case, then then you're you're looking at someone like to take your Canoa thing even further. So you got John Florence, who by I mean I don't care whose calculations, the most probably the most valuable athlete in the world right now. I mean not in the world, sorry, in the world of surfing, like by far has more value than anybody else. Like yeah, which we'll get into later. Into we'll, we're going to get into that. But what I'm saying is then, but again, going against a Canoa, so that Canoa is one. Canoa beats him at three foot lowers or at one foot wave ranch or whatever. You know. And and then what happens is that will have a that will have a an effect on John's career or a- athlete X whoever this sort of like maybe it's Medina or maybe it's Italo that gets beat by someone who look Kanoa rips there's no doubt about it but like dude he ain't a Italo he's not a John he's not no, a John he deserves John. to be not in the top ten one hundred percent yeah he's he insane but like it, but but he ain't that guy yeah the world title thing yeah, that's no. a whole different crew right? yeah uh, yeah exactly reading the stab article they kind of explain it better than I got the shop eat surf one this morning and yeah that's kind of where I saw it first um, this was a bit more explained the challenger series and all that's a whole that's basically they're just like trying to lipstick on a pig right they just try <laughs> create a new series that sounds like but there was yeah. one of the challenger series this year was at manly one foot beach doesn't sound very challenging yeah you know so like anyway we spoke about that but um they you know staff kind of compared it to pushback examples include super bowl nba i d- disagree a little bit nba you've got the best of seven again right so you play the final it's out of seven games the first to four win right. so it comes back down to consistency right yes super bowl is consistency you can have a few Puck-ups early season, mm-hmm. but then at the end, it's quarters, semis, final, you know, against the best teams on your side. So it's consistency. Yeah. They're not picking or there's no like, it's just not as many variables because it's the same court, the same track, yeah. the same everything, right? Right. It doesn't work for surfing. And, 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 and I think that's the thing is they're probably, this is what always happens too. And I think this, this is even like, again, it, what always happens is everybody just compares surfing to a different sport. It isn't comparable to a different sport they'll compare it to skateboarding snowboarding skiing other like individual sports um but then they start to then they make the really big error in comparing it to team sports because it's it is that much different so so what's the baseline so yesterday i read this this really cool quote and um derek hind and john frank they have a new book and film coming up that i bought and i'll wait to get it already but i heard but on the front of this it's called beyond litmus but on the front of it there's a quote and it said, I wish that when they asked us, what is surfing? I would have said it's a spiritual activity and not just a sport because that's what put us on the wrong track. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's by Nat Young. Oh, really? Yeah. So I thought that was kind of a oh, cool... Oh, Nat Young said that. Yeah, Nat Young oh, said cool. that. I thought that was a cool quote. Yeah. Not the Nat Young from Santa Cruz. No, no, no. I know. <laughs> no, I know. I'm just kidding. The only Nat Young that I know I is, the, is the other Nat Young. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't talking to you. I was talking yeah. to everyone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Everybody else. Okay. Uh, but yeah, exactly. So I think We like you too, Nat. You're awesome. Yeah. Uh, he is so he's I so think cool. that is I think so that's going back to that I think that's the issue is constantly trying to compare it to a sport yeah um, now to play the devil's advocate mm. if I'm Dirk and you know it's my money on the line I'm going and this is what I'd heard he had said last time and I actually and it won me over he right. said hey guys we've got to fucking try something new whatever we're doing isn't working right so if it doesn't work we can go back to what we're doing sure so so, they, so therefore 
Somebody might get fucked over. Hopefully, it's not my guy, Jordy. Yeah. By this thing, and he has like the year of his life and consistent yeah. and is going to win. And then he loses at one foot wave ranch. Yeah, that's right. Kanoa or someone. But if yeah. you guys want help sharpening this idea, I'm sure <laughs> yeah, you could, yeah. you know, there, there might just be a few people that could come in and help you. Po- do that. If you want anyone to poke holes in it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> we'll right. Sit below We're here with our pin and you're the balloon. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Anyway, so that's kind of that little, we just wanted to kind of update and catch up on that. And that's our opinion and takeaway. If you guys, I'm sure everyone's got some thoughts on this. Yeah. You know, like Kev told me the NASCAR one. If you've got any other examples, let us know yeah. um, of how this has worked for other sports. It hasn't, you know, NASCAR, it didn't work because I, mm-hmm. I guess they're seeing a, radical decline um in viewership and all that and sponsorship and interest and maybe that's just because it topped off but yeah just it's it's cars driving in a circle is, yeah. the, is that's probably <laughs> yeah, maybe yeah, the yeah. maybe so they got hip to it finally even those even those even the rednecks over there just went like, i don't know man it's they getting pretty to, boring yeah if nascar to keep it interesting they'd have to add guns or something on the side <laughs> yeah. of cars. You know? dude they do they need guns it's a mad max mad maxify it they need yeah. to be death Death, death race 2000. Somebody needs to be able to die. Yes. To Every race. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Dale Earnhardt Sr. RIP. Yeah, that's he right. Yeah, die. sorry, man. That, that's yeah. maybe a little insensitive of us. But that's what's there's going on. Our, there's our disclaimer. Same but way I think everybody should, you know, they should introduce uh, steroids in sports it's, because it's just be mayhem just do oh, tackling six foot eight 400 pound dudes running 100 in less than 10 seconds into another they're already doing it yeah, anyway yeah. so they're just hiding it well. Um, anyway, so back to the sponsorship one. So as we were saying earlier, COVID has just accelerated what was going to happen. It yeah. was inevitable, right? Mm-hmm. That the bubble was going to burst. You know, we, you know, I've spoken a lot about how Nike essentially ripped away the middle class of surfing. Yes. What happened was they came in. All of us, you had guys like your top tier guys making five, six hundred thousand dollars. That was the biggest deal. Nike came in, and my guy George rode this way a bit, you know, as well as anyone. But they came in and put real money on the table. Mm-hmm. And what it forced the brands to do that, coupled with like a few hard years of business or you know, the cap being on the other side of the cap of surfing was it forced them to wipe away their middle class, right? Yeah. So they had to gut all little guys like me making 40, 60 grand, got rid of us so they could keep their one premier guy. You mm-hmm. can't blame them for that. They had to because they were competing. Someone's offering their guy $2 million. That's now right. they've got to make up that $2 million through the rest of the team, right? Yeah. Yeah, guys like random dudes at the beach making three grand a month, you know, that was yeah, just like didn't leave his didn't leave the little town that he existed in which is no. rad but back then but it just wasn't feasible right well so we talked all... about this a little bit earlier about that but that there being a real a real value in in those types of programs yeah. but they have to be kind of re i think re and we'll yeah we'll come back to that because we want to reference a little some research that that chad and i both did but so these so hurley caused this or nike call it then causes crazy like ripple effect and surf right mm-hmm. then what happened was so they did that it became it was an unsustainable model because John ended up making double what anyone else was willing to pay for him because they basically got a winning war with themselves and they yeah. could afford to. And then you've got all the other athletes looking at like John, like, fuck, if he's making 4 million, I should be making 3 million. But yeah. They're making like 900 grand, right? So the divide was just too big. Um, I always describe it as like, it's like South Africa, the rich are rich, the poor are poor. Right. When I yeah. try to explain it to people that don't surf, I'm like, I was the bottom. And then, yeah. <laughs> and then the majority of these guys are the top. And there's yeah, no, right. nothing in between. And there's, making, and there's, no, there's no path. To, to, to get there exactly right? yeah uh, well there is you just got to be the best surfer in the world and dominate and years yeah. and years of yeah. you know win world titles this but, goes back to steroids yeah exactly. <laughs> so so they so but then weirdly and i wanted to talk to bob hurley about this was i feel like hurley might have saved the surf industry too then with what was happening in january february we heard about the blue star buyout mm-hmm. and they came in and they started gutting the guys and what they were doing though is they were essentially bringing 
the co- they were resetting the baseline for sponsorship. So everyone was going to make what they want. And then when you renegotiate your deal, it was going to be a fraction of what it once was. And that unfortunately needed to happen. It needed to go back to that. It was going to happen anyway. Is what look, you're, so because we're right now, we're so stuck in this COVID thing, but just to really level set. It was happening. It was going to happen Yeah, in a year's time or when that next big guy went, Julian renegotiated his next deal or whoever that was. It was going to be a fraction of what right. it was. So it was a it was a it was a long sloping downhill trend. Yeah. And now it's a cliff. Exactly. Hundred percent. Right? It's just a three hundred foot cliff. It's the right. ice wall in Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what sponsorship is, right? Oh, the door. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So he had that. So so that was so we're talking about that was going to happen inevitably. That this was going to happen. So COVID now has force these brands to accelerate what they were going to do the for the the clause force majeure they're using to renegotiate these deals like hurley went and you, you've gone through the different brands like quicksilver guys took 50 percent pay cut um hurley guys did three month deferred payment and, you know and, and it's kind of had different different stages kind of same thing right one right, thing different I like, methodologies you know, we've been so. shitting on quicksilver yeah but one thing i like we'll give him some props here but they went and said Listen, we're not going to cut our guys making between 12 and 20 grand because like you cut half of what they're making and they can't even pay rent or they can't right, survive. Right, so right. Like, we need to cut it the top, the guys making the most and they'll be okay. You know, they'll feel it. But So now we got to talk shit on somebody else. That's no, no, we'll talk shit on Quicksilver in this one too, don't you worry. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, God, that's, well, that is, that's actually cool. That's a good thing to do. And, and, and I think um, you know, US and well, global industry could take a, take a lesson from that. I mean, it would be amazing if like all of the people that had you know lower or or sort of you know mid-paying jobs were the ones that weren't feeling the pinch but in fact i think and because i think those are the people that need to spend their money well that's it they like will feel the effect of not one month's salary the most right that's Which right is the majority of the population yeah exactly um, anyway but yeah so going back to sponsorship so like these guys have reset the rules now so let's talk about john john was making three to four million dollars a year from a hurley alone right now that you heard about, you know, he did the buyout. He was owed 11 left on his contract. Uh, he got two, I believe, um, which was at the time I thought maybe he he had a bit of a shocker by rushing into it and going his separate ways first because they decided to keep Julian and Felipe and these different guys and Kolohe and decided to stay and surf, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, there's probably left a few million bucks on the table. Right. But in retrospect, he might have made the best decision ever, right? Ever, like right. getting that money before the world hit the shit because yeah you know what did blue star and these guys do now they just could file for bankruptcy sink everything get rid of all the leases get rid of everything and just kind of reset because they own the trademark and credit hurley for a target or a walmart in a year's time so that that is the risk that we run now so john might have done the best thing but what it did was john you just said in the beginning of this that he's the most valuable surfer in the world right like i got a thing has yeah, to be, maybe right? that's just my my no, subjective opinion but that's what this surfing. podcast is about he, yeah you, his his new series vela it's oh. just so thoughtful yeah it's so, so well done it's just he is beyond like he's just in another level yeah and the fact that he's american you know helps like on on the earning front right yeah which is weird but yeah no but it does like I always used to tell george like you'll never make as much as these guys you're not american so you don't have that kind of appeal to that market and Instagram and social media has closed that gap a little bit. But at the end of the day, like, you know, Dane's deal, if that was a Brazilian guy doing what Dane was doing, he wouldn't have got that kind of $3 million from Quicksilver because he didn't appeal to his market. Was, his market cap was so much smaller yeah. than, you yeah. know, what he could do. If he sold to one 
to 100% of his followers, it would have been a fraction of 1% of Dan's followers because just the population here. Yeah. So, so John, he's doing this. What it, in my opinion now, his worth is not his worth. He's worth $10 million. No, it's what's, what, what's, yeah. what's he realistic? What could he get? A million bucks. A million bucks. Right. I'm calling that now. So like he's taken a third haircut or a quarter to, yeah, a quarter and, and I got to think, and I'm trying to think of who's paying him a million bucks. I can't think of one. Like <laughs> if I'm, you know, I'd heard rumblings, you heard about Ripcord trying to me, they were the most top heavy brand with so many guys on tour and that they'd made some cuts, uh, Nikki for Nikki Wilco, few <sighs> of those, Nikki. they, uh, <laughs> the our, few people like that girl. got cut. Yeah. Same. But a few people like that. So I'd heard that they were looking at sponsoring John to me. It makes the most sense. I would like, gut Gabriel it's not a very good partnership to do but I would gut a lot of my guys to get John because if, if the search is what you're promoting John and uh, John embody, the, embodies, embodies that search. yeah yeah like I mean he's the antithesis of the search well no the antithesis is the opposite sorry so, I mean, yeah, the, so he's the antithesis of the antithesis of the, of the search <laughs> yeah sorry <laughs> too much coffee it's an English lesson too <laughs> yeah too much coffee he's, his English is a second language over there if with an accent though you can kind of like not tell yeah what it doesn't matter said. he didn't you don't even know what he said anyway yeah. it doesn't matter um, anyways, he embodies the search better than anyone. So for yeah. me, it would make the most sense. But if Gabriel's your guy that won you world titles and done this, it's like pretty hard to kick him to the curb, which you would have to because you can't. But you'd just go, you'd just, well, wouldn't you just eliminate, like you'd get rid of Connor. Mick. Mick. But he's won you three titles. Oh, he's yeah, but what I mean, a, like, but f- he's probably making a fraction of what he did already. Yeah. And Mick probably, you know, he's whatever. Mick. Yeah, he's got insane influence in Australia. And by the way, Mick's rich as rich can be. He doesn't <laughs> yeah. need your goddamn money. You can't get rid of Mason. Mason's the go, most Mason. rad surfer. I mean, talk pay. about value. Talk about value. I mean, here's the, that's a really this is a really weird one, but we'll and we'll get back into this. But like, I'm looking at Mason Ho. Who who doesn't have Mason Ho at the top of their favorite surfer list? No, I don't think okay. he'd be on the top five of everybody's. Everybody. List. Yeah. I mean, everybody. If you know surfing even a little bit, well, Mason he, Ho's like your favorite guy. He embodies. So why is he less valuable than Gabriel Medina? Because he didn't win a world title. Because it doesn't fucking matter. Because he doesn't have any Instagram followers, but he's more influential. A hundred percent. So like one thing we wanted to talk about is like, it, like what is influence now? What does it there's, mean? Yeah, there's no influence anymore. Like it, it's an oversaturated market. Like uh, Gabriel or... So Gabriel or Connor or... Let's... I'm trying to figure out someone that else isn't... Okay, or like Jeremy or Zeke or one of these guys telling me to buy this pair of boards or to buy this cup. Yeah. from this you know recycled company doesn't mean anything because they're just taking a paycheck to post it yeah you know gabriel shaves the armpits for gillette like he sold out the, the yeah, he'll he'll standing right. up what he stands for dane john they promote something it means they genuinely believe in it they have insane integrity yeah that's they right believe. so they create they have influence like real influence mason but let me just make a point before we get into that if I'm Gabriel Medina, or if I'm any of these guys, I'm doing exactly what Gabriel Medina is doing. Like, what? I would sell the fuck out so fast. So we're not, it's not an indictment of people that do. 100%. It's just that there's a different, you right. Think, you think, okay. yeah, you think people are going to judge Chloe one day because he wrote for Target? No. He's Hell got no. a fat, fat mansion in San Clemente. Exactly. Yeah, Good like, on him. Yeah. yeah. 100%. I yeah. would do exactly the same. And there's a few people that won't, and that's why we gravitate towards this guy. Yeah. Dane is such a purist. You know, yeah. Mason's a purist. I think it's almost like you took the hit for the team. Like you just said, I'm not going to take the money, and and like you kept it kept it real, which is like something I wouldn't do. No, it's something you wouldn't either. do. No, I'm Hell a no. But it when when the, when we do find people that do it, it does feel very surfy to us, right? 
It does. And it feels, and then you just, and then you're being sold all day by influencers, models, body guys. You're getting targeted by ads like, yeah, this product changed my life, this, that. And now with information, and we're starting to see, learn more and more. But that layered shit works. There yeah. You go. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's like the marketing around that is so bad. It actually is like, yeah. we're all addicted to layered cream because yeah. the product's so good. That's right. So, like, surf product sucks. Yeah. So, you guys said you wanted more rabbit holes. Here you yeah. go. This is the way it works. So, surf product sucks. So, like, it's hard to promote that again. Yeah, that's right. Right. Anyway, so we're talking about Mason. So Mason being uh, being valuable, and because he's not, you know, he doesn't have a world title, he doesn't have the followers, blah blah blah. But but what Mason has is like you you if you're a brand, you want you want to associate yourself with with he, he the has purity real of his of his thing. He has real influence with his within his ecosystem, mm-hmm. right? Like so, whether it's the North Shore or the Corsair or the kid, like your son, who yeah. likes you know he buys he buys Lost boards, he gets Morning of the Earth boards, like he kind of has this kind of wide range of Mm-hmm. Uh, like what he loves about surfing, right? Right. He, he dabbled in the competitive side a little bit, but it's mostly on the alternative the groovy, side. Groovy, yeah. But if he meets Mason and he sees Mason in the water and Mason's like, bro, you got to get this fucking board. It's insane. He's buying that. He's going to yeah. go buy it, right? Yeah. And then, and that's what it's going to come down to for these brands again. So I'm going, I'm looking at it like if I'm a big brand now, I'm going to go get my like world title contender because in the, the day, the WSL is still the, you know, it's for just straight viewership. Yeah. It's where you have to be. You have to have an athlete that's on the world tour that's competing. If you want to be considered a core surf brand. Now, surf brands aren't anything anymore. And I don't mean surf brands like the cool the guys making feral wetsuits and like the independent hardcore goods. You know, those yeah, are yeah, yeah. surfers you can get. I'm talking the clothing guys. Or shout out to Terry Topanga up here making boards in his yeah, garage. Exactly. So, yeah. That's like, that's surf. You know, yeah, but, right. like I'm talking about the surf clothing brands that you know the big boys right yeah they are just clothing brands anymore that like happen to sponsor a few surfers right and make like shitty product that's like no different to zara or uniglow or anything like that right so if you wanted and that and unfortunately that's where the real money is going to come from if you're interested because terry Topanga doesn't have enough can't afford to give the local surfer free boards even no so you know no, we so, pay we pay extra <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so so for those guys they're not going to make the money there but if they right. want to make real money it's going to have to come from one of these big boys yeah that's right but if i'm one of these big boys i'm looking at it now i need my one guy that's up top that's going for a world title and then i it would have maybe one or two guys that are like kind of selling whatever campaign i'm trying to do so if you're trying to sell the search and exploration you're partnering with like a i don't know if mason and he does a little bit embodies the search i don't think so i'm not thinking really. more like a Kepper Acero or one of those, right? Yeah. And using him for that seasonal campaign to kind of get my messaging across. Yep. We talk about Rourke have always done a good job at that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm looking and then I'm plugging a few guys in like that and then I'm going to the super, super niche surf spots and I'm finding the guy that has influence in there and sponsoring him and not sponsoring and like stickers on your board and that I'm flowing in product, I'm mm-hmm. giving him stuff to test and those are my guys that create influence because you're learning through them. Exactly. Yeah. I'm using those guys like, you know, so part of this campaign we did was for, sorry, this research that we did for Red Bull was, um, am I allowed to say that? That's who it was. Yeah, you can say it's Red Bull. You can bleep it out. Yeah. So for Red Bull was, we love Red Bull. Taking surfers way. away that have influence. We're drinking it right yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we that have influence within the community, right? Yeah. So not the guy like that's ripping the hardest, but people listen to like, there's this guy in Venice his name's Paul T. He goes out there. He's stoked. People love him. He's got his little wetsuit brand. People buy the wetsuits for like 500 bucks a piece. Or yeah, they fully buy them full pop because they love Paul. Exactly. And there's these guys in all those communities and towns. And those yeah. are the guys that are kind of, because what we learned through all this research that we did, you know, amongst other things was you're more likely to buy 
a product or something that a friend is telling you about or is raving about or if you see your best friend ripping on it you know he's surfing's bad and you're like dude you're surfing so insane he's like this board or these fins changed my life like yeah and you're like oh shit all of a sudden i'm thinking about it because it's going back to word of mouth marketing it is it is the internet has destroyed marketing as we know it we talk about the you know our thing that we push is the brands that add the most value to people's lives will be the most successful and it's going to be the surfers that may add the most value to people's lives will be the most sponsored and have a reason to exist in the surf world. Well, and, and it's interesting because it's almost like, so if you go back to, we've talked about this last time. So you go back to like when Quicksilver first started really going, right? Um, and this is when I was a kid. So this is the 80s and it was this thing. That there, there, um, there was an article in, I think it was in Surfer and they called it Echo Beach. And and basically, or no, they called it, Co- anyway, they call, I think it was called Echo Beach. And and then there's a book and blah, blah, blah. But, but in the 80s, it was like, it was Danny Kwok, Preston Murray, like all that little Newport group, right? And it's this tiny little ecosystem of rad little dudes down there. Quicksilver just went, we're plugging right into that. Like we're plugging into this cr- These guys are already doing shit. They're already like have a scene. And instead of it being like, so, so, but what happened is in the Newport thing, all of a sudden it became, well, then everybody in Newport, like if you live in Newport and you can kind of go left and get tubed, like you had a sticker on your board and then all, and then you worked at the company. Right. Totally. And that model was kind of cool because it was like a bunch of surfer dudes and we're going to do it because it's, it's by, for us, by us kind of an idea. Well, but if you but, came, if you were a visiting surfer and you came to Newport back then and you were like, you went home and you're like, there's this fucking scene there. So rad. It's like insane. there's all this energy right, around yeah. it. Right. But, but I need to, you know, I want to go by the, they were wearing these Quicksilver boardies that were the polka dot boardies. Road, I'm yeah. fucking buying those yeah. and I'm buying the polka dot ones. Cause I think Danny Kwok is cool. And, and, but but and that was like the right model because it's weird that we would be going back to that now not to say that digital marketing isn't something that totally works like you can target you can micro target hyper target do all the shit you want to do you can get to your consumer through all those digital tools and that's great but what you're not but what's no longer available to you i don't think and this is going to really affect this conversation i don't think that that the influencer model is it is a lever anymore I don't think it works. It I doesn't don't think, work. No, I don't think you can. You you not. It doesn't matter how many fucking followers you have on Instagram. It doesn't. I'm not buying that. You know, because you're a hot chick in a bikini and you're holding a fucking beverage. I'm not buying that beverage. I'm, that doesn't make me think that that's. I have to have that. Or if you're some shredder dude, you know, riding a certain board, whatever, or that board shirt. I'm not. That's not like. A, you're not fooling me. Where you are gonna get me is exactly what you said. You're gonna go down. You like it's it's again. It's Paul T at Topanga. I know you say Topanga, so everybody's gonna think I'm a fucking kook, which I am. But I'll just I'll, I'll try to use Newport, like or like like you know. You look at the the, the model that still El Porto. does. I use El Porto because it's the most El uh, Porto, viewed, the most viewed cam on Surfline. There you go. During El Porto, you're, so you go down to El Porto and you'll see Paul T out there, or you'll see Noah Collins, or you'll see some of these guys. Noah Collins would have a lot of influence, whether he's sponsored by Quicksilver or any other brand or not. People gravitate towards him and the kind of people they are. Right. But because, and also he has something else, right? Absolutely. He's got a different thing and it's something that he can offer that nobody else can. It's a, it's a, it's a hyper individual that knows exactly what the hell he's doing, has a vision, has some kind of thing. If you're a brand, you want to associate with that guy. You don't want to associate with just because you're winning NSSA comps or if it's NSSA even a thing anymore. I'm just weird. I'm so far. Up well, it's can't like, so like you sponsor a kid that goes to NSSA who's surrounded by kids that already know about your brand, whose parents already know about your brand that like, right. are sponsored by another brand. You'll, like it right. just, And like, they're getting free shit. So there's no, just, you're not doing anything. It for just doesn't brand. mean anything like right. that. So, and okay, going and going off of that, right. So like 
the model for so long has been sponsoring kids from the ground up and like blanket blanket the youth yeah and hope you get like one or two like shrubs that pop up and develop you develop them into champions right yeah, exactly and that but i think that's that's sports yes absolutely right they're getting kids from little league yeah, finding kids Warner, in the fellas yeah. and taking them to soccer clubs in brazil yeah, right yeah. Like, so so abs- yes but you can develop talent more with that kind of controlled environment in sports, right? Yes. Where surfing is, there's a few different elements to it. You have, there's, there's this natural gift and being a great surfer, is, it, there's a, I think it's a bit more dynamic, right? Yeah, it is. So you're better now. The price is going to be the price going forward. Your kid will make 30 grand, like literally Jordy. Jordy went from making 50 grand to, to over $2 million. Right, right. Because in South Africa, there was only X amount of dollars and there wasn't, he wasn't an American kid that was sponsored making 250 grand, but he literally went from that to that. Right. And that's how I think it could be. And there will never be that $2 million again, but it would be like your kid's making 30 grand to do the QS and then he breaks in and one of the brands go, okay, you know, we're seeing opportunity when, you know, our, our one guy is not going to win a world title. We're going to now invest in this guy. Right. And, the brands wouldn't be wrong for that because if you if world titles is your thing, Rip will care about guys winning titles, right? If that's your thing, then you've got to go after the best guy and you can't be attached to same as that Formula One show we spoke about. Right. And with Lewis Hamilton and Red Bull and the way they operate, if one guy's not performing, another they're, guy they're comes gone. up. Exactly. And yeah. that's it. It's a business. Yeah. And th- these parents that are like, and listen. Well, but it's the parents, it's the it's the bros, right? Yeah. We talk about the bros a lot. Like it's the same dude going from all the brands, just making the rounds. Like every two years you're going to a new brand and you're not bringing anything new because you're bringing the same shit you brought from the old brand. It's this like incestuous and you know what incest produces like, you know, kids with six toes, you know what I mean? So like that's totally. what, that's what's happened. And there's no, there's nothing new on earth in that whole situation. There's like you said, like, and I mean, if you wanted to share what, what a certain unnamed pro surfer said to, to you about the, the, about the surf industry, and about what brands are now that they're not they're not cool surf brands they're something they're else. just clothing brands they're That's just right. clothing brands that's and you're competing surfers. with with uniglow zara all these yeah. different things with the bigger logo so like how are you appealing so if you compared now if you take if you just looked at um let's use quicksilver sure we, to. Uh, <laughs> we told you we're gonna get kicked in the teeth <laughs> yeah. yeah but let's use quicksilver so if you looked at quicksilver's clothing now yeah because they're just a clothing brand mm-hmm. that sell to macy's and all these different places yeah. and they don't you, sell the macy's i remember we talked about macy's being uh, not an option well yeah yeah well there you go not yeah. anymore <laughs> and, you, and you looked at their clothing compared to everybody Costco, else's yeah terrible right it would be the worst stuff on the rent you go to zara you get a nice shirt. It's actually probably even cheaper. Yeah. And yes, it's fast fashion, but if it's made in China and what surf industry is, it's fast fashion too, right? That's There's right. No different. It's just not competing. Like the thing about the, the Zaras of the world is they have their finger on the pulse of what people actually want to buy and what they want to wear. And they'll probably make something that has a little higher quality than the surf industry will make. Yeah, Uniglo. Because they don't have to spend all the money on the screen printing because they're not screen printing. I'll wear Uniglo tees, blank tees, right? Yeah, me too. And that's what I'm wearing right now. Yeah. And they're eight bucks they last yeah. a few years like yeah and you know not that we you know and and i'm trying to be more conscious and the fits amazing right the fits right. amazing it looks good you know i think it looks good on me uh hangs nicely but i've had a pair of unigo plants for four or five years yeah longer than any surf brands pants i've had that are faded in the wash so yeah the quality's there it is maybe i'm not attached to whatever they're selling or lifestyle but as in terms of just sheer product like yeah the woman that was kind of that i owe so much of 
you know, any kind of success I had to was Sharon from Billabong. She brought up Geordie and I as kids. She looked after so much of us. But she used to tell us, and she was very open with us always about it, um, it's product first, my team second. Right. Unless I have product, great quality, great product for people to buy in the stores, I can't have you guys. Right. So I need to focus on this, and everything's got to ladder up to the product, and that's the number one. And that's unfortunately flipped on its head. Yeah, that's right. You, you know, Hurley were the biggest, they were the biggest, um, they got hammered the most from this because they went and got, oh, we can have all these influencers, all these surfers together with everybody we sponsor. They're giving a kid in Venice Beach, where's Adler, 18 grand because he's got like a cool look in that. Yeah, he's got yeah, followers yeah. in that. You know, they've got millions of dollars out there with shit product. Yeah. Well, it's weird too because they, well, you know, they, they, they should have, like we were talking about this and then we're so far off topic, but we, but we're talking about the Nike dry fit, right? Yeah. Nike dry fits, best t-shirt you can ever have. Like I, I've had, I, until I bought all of my Uniqlo but, shirts, but I'd like, like the Nike dry fit shirt was, but they didn't, but what happened the, is they, they had like one Nike dry fit shirt and about 50 but, shit. But the problem is, Hurley is shirts. you're not making your money off surface, right? You're making your money off non-endemic. Yeah. So why are you going to buy a Hurley shirt, not the Hurley shirt, not the same Nike shirt? That's right. So you'd probably rather have Nike anyway. Like I Nike's would wear rather Nike than Hurley. That's right. Like, yeah, it's the exact same right. shirt. I would yeah. buy it, you know. And well, not, it, and maybe it, I would have bought it from Hurley then because I support surf. I try to support surf brands. What they should have but, done is got rid of Hurley back when they made the transition from Nike surfing, which was taking off when yeah. PJ was running it. Or not running it. I, I, he was had a very big, he was very influential there when he wasn't running it. But when, when Pete Chizinski was at Hurley, um, and they were doing, I mean, at Nike, they were doing Nike surfing and that it started to really, it started to work, but it, what was happening is, is that it was cannibalizing the Hurley business and the Hurley business was cannibalizing the Nike surfing business. And they decided, you, well, we've already got Hurley's already in it. We already own Hurley. So let's just get rid of Nike surfing. So what would, what's the world look like for, for Nike if that, if they didn't make that decision, if they had gone the other direction, I mean, I, I feel like it would have, they would have been very successful in surf. If they had just eliminated the Hurley brand. Yeah. And the 6.0 was lame too. Like it needed to just stand alone. Like, you know, yeah. it just didn't make sense. No, it didn't make like, sense. Like, I don't know what 6.0 means. I don't either. Like SB, Nike yeah. skateboarding. Yeah. Could just be Nike surf, right? And that kind of could have been the way. So they, I believe they had a missed opportunity there. Like, I agree. I mean, we were surfing Topanga a few months ago and that chick was wearing, there was some chick out there and she was wearing this like navy and I'm a sucker for the color navy, but this navy wetsuit Japanese made and it was like dark because of the it was wet and it just had this nike tick on the shoulder yeah you know and most surfers that are listening to this be like rolling their eyes back but I, i'm a sucker for that you yeah know? no like, it, 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 well there's just something it's a it's got a different thing but yeah, they had contemporary look but well so, the, let me let me go back to one thing before we get down the rabbit hole of the of the we're, we're going to the apparel thing which so let me ask you a question and this is something that we've, we've talked about but i don't know if we've ever really you've never answered the question for me why is it important for brands to have a world title athlete so i sort of legitimizes okay so your core business if you're a surf brand you need to worry about your core business right which is the surf shops okay those guys legitimize you within the surf shop space and the core space now the issue is servers don't spend money and don't support those well, brands. Wait, let, me, let me back up on it real quick so a pro so a, a so a a John John, forget John John because he's kind of an anomaly. He's like a free surfer, pro surfer. A Mick Fanning, right, for Rip Curl. Mick Fanning wins titles. He's more valuable. 
is he more valuable because people are because the he's driving the aspiration higher, like he's making people want to buy more rip curl shit because he won a world well, title, or so, is Mason Ho? So, so, so I mean, obviously there's a different because, scale, but yeah, because when Mick was winning, the internet wasn't what it was, Instagram, social media wasn't quite what it right. was, but when he's winning in Australia, right, he's coming back, and that and that's also a bad example because Australia surfing is so big. Right. That's true. The sport is so and it big does and have influence. And they know what a world title means. Exactly. There. Everybody knows Okay, that. so let's use a US example then. Yeah. Like okay. so for US example, give me like a let's take a take a Chloe Andino. Let's say Chloe Andino wins a world title. Okay. If Chloe wins no, a world title. let's use John John because he won a world title. He's with Hurley. He's the yeah, but, guy okay, that's fine. No, he yeah. covers all different things, but he's John he's winning world titles, right? Yeah. Two times world champ. So let's use him i just feel like he's an anomaly because kolohe would just be shattered by what john john already did so let's use okay. that right because they've already got two titles they go to surf stores and they it's john john florence on the outside he's on the yeah, of course the marketing in the store they're selling that story they're pushing it that hurley has world titles right yeah. so it legitimizes their surf store business it, it, to non-endemic people going about, into like, the store or to it, endemic kids like do you think the kids because i don't think any of the kids i think the kids are more influenced by like and i it's hard to use so if i'm looking at hurley it's hard to use hurley as an example but i'm, I'm trying to think of like like i know a lot so i'll use billabong as the easy one because they've got kind of a team that i think kids are into right now like as much as we talk shit on billabong billabong is a team that like my son is fucking stoked on like yeah creed, they've got they've, creed they've got they've got freaking um, italo everyone yeah well seth, even italo right italo's their italo's their world title guy griffin but, seth yeah creed yeah. and then, then they've got, got well, they've even got freaking what's his name um shaper freaking uh tyler warren not tyler yeah. yeah tyler warren they've got all these dudes that are like they've got that whole kind of crew and i'm wondering like if so to me if like and it'll is again we're back in this weird place but is who's more influential creed in surf in like core surf okay you go to a surf shop you're a surfer you're buying surf shit like you really surf a lot you're fucking but we've already come down you, to this you rip core surfers don't they don't they don't spend money so it doesn't matter for them it's the peripherals so, so right you're worrying about it's, it's you're walking into a specialty retail store as like yeah a, it's the optics it's going the optics. around it right like if you're looking from the outside in okay. and you're going you're coming in and you're like you see hurley banner and it's two times world champion or italo ferreira like and you don't know right yeah and you like you're not in with the core or in with the cool kids and you see a billamong poster board shorts look pretty cool and it says 2019 world champion okay and you're like hmm those might be maybe that can influence a decision to buy that in the store but with less and less and less and less and less surf stores specialty retailers that are like going to keep their doors open particularly with this new shit happening and things being bought online like how you know are you going to be because you're getting your information okay. from here? I'll, I'll frame it up perfectly. Okay. If John wins a world title and there's probably numbers to this, and I think I've heard them a bit before and they probably were, I think there was like, I kept hearing that there were just lies in that too. John wins a world title. Hurley sales don't go up. Right. That's it. The visibility and the credibility is there, but unfortunately that doesn't drive sales anymore. Right. It just doesn't like, well, so, so and that's, and where, that's why I'm asking winning. the question. If it's so, not driving sales, then why the so, hell do you care? So here's what I said though, that you, you forgot about what I said in the beginning. If I'm the brand, I have one guy on tour, if right. he wins bonus, all that kind of stuff. Great. But for the visibility alone, because you know, and not a guy on tour in the, you know, the 
15 down to 22 kind right, of right 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 you got a top 10 guy yeah top 10 guy top five maybe yeah exactly that has the potential to win a world title yeah and then different dudes at the beach with influence not rocking stickers yeah one or two groms like look you know i think sponsoring all the groms is ridiculous but i remember the joy that being sponsored brought me as a kid and like the local surf store getting the stickers from lifestyle surf shop which no of course yeah you know that is a cool thing like yeah. i can't take anything away from that so no, you have Rider a couple Shack did that for all the little kids, kids yeah. on flow program and that kind of thing but there doesn't need to be that there won't be this kind of earning money anymore as a young kid paying for them to go around the world doing this and that like you go to lowers and and listen if you can afford it surfing is a great thing for your kid to be able to do it's healthy it's clean living he's in the water he's exercising it clears the mind like there's so much great yeah. stuff about surfing and competing. but he doesn't have to be the next pro he can he, just do it because it's rad exactly the same yeah. way you took your boy to lowers every day just because you love surfing yeah was he wasn't greatest, trying to turn him into a pro yeah, surfer. he's a good surfer but yeah. the greatest joy in the world for him is setting him up to surf for this his whole life that's right, right. and like yeah. a clean lifestyle yeah. something he can always come back there to. was never a point where i was like i hope he gets sponsored you know like it was you know yeah. i mean it was just rad when 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 jeff put the you know gave those guys stickers and said they're on the team from rider shack from rider shack shout out to rider shack that it was just the coolest thing i mean the whole neighborhood was stoked right and yeah. so that was you know there's a lot that it does for a kid and their ego and they all by the way they all went out and surfed five times better than or not maybe about five times a little bit of imagine or of, of hyperbole no, but, but 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 like for sure, they all surfed way better than they normally did based oh, on that. Little, totally, yeah, because yeah, it's just a confidence, right? Yeah, so it's exactly. a confidence boost. So I don't think you should not sponsor kids at that young age. They can sponsor them and be on the flow program and sure. that kind of thing. And you can start developing talent if you're a team manager and working a bit with them and you know guiding them in the right way. But I think in terms of like the everyday guy, like you know, one thing I thought was cool, like O'Neill were kind of sponsoring Steads. They weren't sponsoring him. They were using him in his campaigns because he had a cool look for their Jack O'Neill collection, Luke Stedman. Yeah. Uh, he's a great surfer and he was wearing the wetsuit so they would like pay him well for each photo shoot they did with for him for being right? a model just like he's a model at that exactly point. Yeah. and then he was wearing the wetsuits and he was wearing the clothes out and about yeah. so that was the kind of sponsorship and he got one of those new wetsuits and Jordi had kept telling me but how insane that O'Neill wetsuit was and it's like the best wetsuit ever used and, right right and then Steds was like bro you gotta get one of these wetsuits like Garth gave me one it's seriously insane and then I went and got one I actually right. bought, bought one up at I think it was somewhere in San Francisco, one of the stores, because I needed a suit and it was, and since I've got a couple free, but it was true, truly insane, right? Yeah, like, no, you do actually good, like, but le- it was legitimately rave about was that. It was Stead's influence on me, a guy that wasn't sponsored by them or anything and that, because he had got it and that's what led me to buy it. And I've probably told 10, 15 now, four more people that are listening to this, how amazing that wetsuit is, right? So that's real influence. Yeah. And that's what the brands need to go back to and look at and who are those guys within the community that can influence and influence Noah Collins you're sponsoring Manhattan Beach or the South Bay right he does something bitching it's at a local surf shop like Spider he's pulling up the local community the cool kids so there's so much more value in that mm-hmm. versus just having guys like because it's one to one you don't have a guy a guy between 10 and 25 or 32 on tour doesn't matter or yeah. all these QS guys like it just doesn't mean anything for the brand so if Noah Collins works with Quicksilver and produces a collection like a small like limited run he launches it at a spider or somebody like that, ET. Or even a general admission. Like or a GA, but, GA, right? Or, or, and, or, but, cool or all of the above. Like he goes to all the sort of raddest, all the places that mean something to him that well, he has a, a well, relationship he at, with. He did that at general admission, right? And right. then he, he launched his own little collection, but he yep. was going to do it with Quicksilver too. General admission would have then supported it. So therefore, a store 
that would never have sold Quicksilver. We actually did this and I'll tell this. So Fuzzy, who I love and is one of the greatest salesmen, he runs Quicksilver Originals. He kept saying, hey, can we put some board shorts in the shop, right? We put these board shorts in there, which I thought were rare. There, they were old Kelly Slater star trunks remade, like in the new kind of fabric. They were very cool. I promise you, we put them front and center. It became like a test for us, the way we could merchandise it to see if we could sell a pair. Right. We were selling like six, eight board shorts a day. Out of knowns for like double the price. Right. This brand, not one person touched it. Wow. And I swear, we did not sell one. It was insane. Like, and I was just like, this is, that was kind of a bit of an insight for me into like what's happening in surf and the market and where it's going. Like, and how those brands have to, zero value. No one wanted to touch it with a 10 foot pole. Yeah. You know, and he was like, and that was the coolest of the coolest stuff. But anyway, Noah does a little collection there, Quicksilver. The store gets behind it. All of a sudden, you've got a new audience there, like at a little shop launch or party or whatever, and a new batch of kids that normally wouldn't have gone near Quicksilver, but now think it's cool because they like Noah and they love the stuff that he's making and they just want to support a friend. So now you've got the slightly cooler kids wearing it and it's that core crew crowd model, right? Yeah, that's right. And I mean, and, and that's what I mean. I think that like you wrote this article in Stab and I think that came out in 2019 uh, and and it was, yeah, it was it was a little over, a little under a year ago. And which, which people really loved it. I mean, because, because yeah. it was something that people needed to hear. There was a lot in there. And it I think the one most... of the, one of the things that you said, what, sorry, one of the, one thing that you said that I thought was my favorite thing was like, just because you're really, I'm not paraphrasing, so sorry, no, no, no. but just because you're, you're really good looking and you can do an error reverse, you know, doesn't make you value to the brand. Totally. And like, cause there's a million good looking kids that can do an error reverse and well, everybody rips now. Right. Like I go surfing in random beaches. I go to Ventura. I yeah. surf there. I'm like, there's so many good surfers up here. You go to Australia. Yeah, everybody Every rips. rips. Like yeah. everybody can get barreled and rip in that. So like, yeah. what is the difference as it make one guy that's ripping a bit harder? Yeah, that's right. You know, and that's what you talk about. Like if you're adding value and in that article, we talk a lot about it is like, if you're adding value to the brand, what are you doing beyond the lineup? Yes. And how is it? What makes you more than a surfer? What makes you, we talk about Noah. He has that like, you know, Mikey, Mikey's that guy. Mikey's the perfect example of that. He and is, I'm not to, you know, right. just, yeah, but he yeah. really is. He's he totally is. that guy. Like his, he just embodies everything that brand represents and yeah. he's like lives it day to day. And like you, you gravitate towards someone like that. He has that kind of natural, you know, he does effortless. Yeah. Kind yes. Of, yeah. Charisma. And he's just doing it. Like we talked about Dylan Graves too the other day, like Mikey and Dylan Graves feel to me like they're, they're kind of, they're different dudes. A hundred percent. They're not the same brand. Well, but they're so similar in that they are following their own path. They're doing what they do and they're doing it naturally. It doesn't even feel like work for them. It feels like something that they would do if they were getting paid to or not, they'd be behaving in exactly the same way. Ryan, and it's so appealing. I heard Ryan Birch is on the open market. I don't know how true that is. And I should, he's going to write back for your articles. Yeah. <laughs> there to me is a guy like, okay, and he might have yeah. been making a bit more than what a brand can, you know, even what his worth might be in that. But there to me is a guy that commands real influence. Yeah. He's making boards that like, he has like, like probably four or five dozen backed up orders at like eight hundred to twelve hundred dollars a board, right? Like people oh, are willing yeah. to pay full freight. He's got freight like a years worth of. Say, of if you want to order a board from him, and it's going to come in twenty twenty two. Yeah, exactly. He's yeah. like that's so he has like he's created real influence beyond the lineup. Like there's a guy I would go after and sponsor yeah. if he fit my my brand. But there's like a guy that has a core cult following that people gravitate towards you know it's like like what i say mikey's kind of thing is yeah yeah he because that. he's doing it dane anyway. dane was the at the dane's forefront the of that right like dane's board shorts at quicksilver far outsold kelly's yeah because it was an exact and we spoke about this like 
it was an exact representation of who he was. He designed them. It's what he liked. Yeah. And that's like, I always say to Dane with former, like, dude, if Dane scribbles on a tea, summer teeth, that was the best brand because yeah, yeah. it was literally his scribbles and his weird pictures. And it was, and Ozzy Wright was the first to do this. Yeah. And I think Vol- I, that was what made sure. Volcom so rad too, is they championed Ozzy, that yeah. and they had him do a lot of the art. And, you know, we, you know, to Volcom's credit, we still think that's the one brand that could come through. I think Volcom could come through because I think Volcom, Vol- it's funny because Volcom, like you got to think that, that if, and I don't really, I don't remember those, what's the Volcom dudes, um, the, the original guys. Uh, anyway, the, those guys really deserve a lot of credit. You know, we, we give a lot of credit to Pat Tenori for de- de- developing his whole, Ruka program. you know, the, the, the artist network, but but really, like I, I honestly think Volcom prototyped that, and and that is the the definition to me. Aussie right is like, is the prototype for what you're saying. Yeah. Not that, that hey, totally, go make art because you're an art. Like Aussie actually is an artist. Not I'm a surfer. Aussie well, posted blankets the other day on some artwork. Oh my artwork god. Online, dude. and I legitimately put one in the cart, and it was like seven hundred dollars. Yeah. I was like, I'm I buying this for my unborn child. Like, and then I was like, hang on, it's about we don't have any work and we're losing my, our jobs left, right and center. I should we can't save money. We can't do this. <laughs> yeah. 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 We, let me just tell you, we can't afford it. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, but the, but the, the fact is, is that like, you know, Aussie Wright is the, is an example. Like I, so to me, like I gravitate more towards guys like that. I gravitate, you know, I liked Curran when Curran, you know, but it, it's like people that do things that are, that are out of the ordinary that, you They're know, purist. That the yeah, that's day. right. Well, remember the, it's just the, the most classic surf photo in the entire world. I never really shot it, but it's Curran it off the wall. He has a, he's writing like a eight Oh perfect. Like, you yeah, know, I remember the photo. Maurice Cole. Crazy bow. He does that call. It's the cover it, of surfer magazine. No logos, yeah. no stickers. I mean like, you know, anyway, the, 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 the he's an enigma. That's it. You know, and, and there's something special. Enigmas. Same with John. John's an enigma. There's but, something special these, about him. There's these enigmas in, on macro levels in each town. That's so right. You can go after and find and develop those guys. I'm yes. Develop those guys, but just like, attach yourself associate with those guys um, i think they do that though like i think a lot of the brands have done that but i think they've done it to such a degree that they feel like but they can't it's hard for them they can't leverage got it. so much top heavy they're yeah so top heavy and they've got so many guys up top that they have to try funnel up to and they they just can't harness those relationships properly because yeah. they're so they're trying to like level up to the guys above them and they're just trying to basically make sure those guys are getting what they need and it's so much more important because the dollar's being spent but Let's say you're 16 right now and you're fucking like, you just are, you're, you're winning any comp. You're, you're really like a competitive surfer. Yeah. You rip. Um, you yeah. love it. You love yeah. winning. You're like, you fucking want a world title bad. Let's use Eli Hanneman. That's him. Yeah. Okay. It's Eli Hanneman Doing is backflips, charging yeah. pipe, winning, like just a, a child prodigy. Yeah, that's right. So, so take where he's already, but to me in my mind, right? He's already made it. Right, because Eli Hanneman is already on Red Bull. He's already was on. Her, yeah, but her. Eli Hanneman, four or three to five years ago, would have been making two fifty to four hundred easy. You know, that's what easy. Leo and them were making before yeah. they met on tour. Now I think he's on like eighty. You know, and then whatever his Red Bull deal is. So like, it's a fraction of a fraction. Well, so if he wants to get to that level up where he's making the four five hundred zone, he's literally gonna have to qualify and, and win a world title. And yeah, and make like a splash which he's already made an incredible splash and so yeah. but really make a difference and excite so people. but that so you need to go okay but let's okay let's so so the reality has to set in then right in other yeah. words if you're eli hanneman you're, you're pretty much the best kid by a mile your age yeah 
I mean, there might be some kids in Brazil. Yeah, there's a couple of groms coming up, but yeah, yeah. But I mean, like you know, you're talking. There's a handful of people that are that, if that, and yeah, like Eli could meet John and John in a heat at Lowers and beat him. Yeah, that's that's the kind of that's the level we're talking about. Yeah, like Jordy was that guy. He got on and he waxed Joel and Andy and all those guys before he was on tour. so even then, he's making eighty k. He's making a hundred k. Whatever it is, you know, they're not making money like they used to. I, um, I think if you're a surfer now, you look at it this way as like, what is a good salary in America? A six figure salary is like a good salary in America, right? You have a good mm-hmm. life. You're making 120 grand a year, yeah. 10 grand a month, taxes and fees. Surfing is a beautiful thing of being a professional surfer. You can write everything off. Yes, that's right. You can say you paid for 50 surfboards and you didn't. And I'm sure Matt will write you not, a, <laughs> an invoice that doesn't exist. Yeah, not, not, that, not that that's ever been done. Not <laughs> yeah. that we're... Right. But hypothetically grand, is what you're saying. 120 grand <laughs> is that it? And look at look at it that way. How do I make up to 120 grand now? Because that's a good salary in America yeah, that's and right. to surf. So But the thing about being it so but but I'm gonna poke a hole in that. So yes, that's nice and that's cute, but you've only got let's say you're on tour. Totally. And let's say you're on tour for let's say you get on tour, let's say you have a great career. You're on tour for ten years, right? Maybe yeah. you're on tour for 15 years. I mean, cost that's at the most cost 120 grand to do the tour. Almost that's right. Years. So, so you're, you're on tour, you've got all these expenses, you've got all this stuff and you've only got that much time to actually do your job. So it's just like an athlete. Like it's like the reason that NFL athletes have to make so much money is because they've got a three year career. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They or they've got a whatever the five years. year career. Yeah. So whatever that is, if you're Zion Wright, you could get injured in your first year in effect, which he did. They yeah. signed him. Okay, his first contract was lame, but they really signed his next one, which is going to be a huge signing bonus. So right, right, he would have been okay. Yeah. So I mean, so the reality is, is that the so that's a good that's good in theory, but like if the 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 idea that you're going to be that you're going to and this is this weird like this is the military industrial complex um, model, which is like the WSL, you know, has to exist and the WSL has to be running comps. You have to for for you to be able to get the visibility that you need to make the brand that you surf for happy, that they've got that they've actually gotten a return on their investment because they've got the eyeballs and then they've got this sort of like you said they've got the trophy. Um, that that is harder and harder and harder to do, and there's less and less and less money because not because there's less and less surfers, there's more surfers than there's ever been, and there's more interest totally. in the sport of surfing, the act of surfing. I should say there's more interest in that active surfing than there is in the sport of surfing and so just because you've got a world title my argument is a little bit sim- similar to yours but that these guys you know if you're if you have designs if you're if you're a young person and you could go two different directions you can go i, I could focus on my schoolwork and i could go to university or i could go or i could go be a you know i could apprentice somewhere and like start to work something out and get into a career or I can pursue this pro surfing so, thing. So, no. So, yeah. So, like, yes and no. But, like, surfing is, and I'm going to use some as an example, and just this weekend popped up, but surfing is the greatest activity in the world, right? Oh, hell like, yeah. No doubt about it. Like, yes. it's the best, call it a sport, I hate to call it a sport, but it's, it's the best sport in the world, right? Yeah. And the fact that you can go around to a, and live this amazing life that you've worked for your whole life, like, to qualify, like, if I'd qualified in my career, that would have been the end or be all right. Um, you qualified, you reached your dream, you got to do that for like from age 20 to 30. Why wouldn't you? Like, and sure, you weren't like making big money in that, but you can go do something else. Like, Dayon Neve is a good example. Here's a guy, he is an Australian pro surfer, and Aussie has pumped them out so many. Like, wait, Carl right, Michael yeah, yeah. be this guy one day. Yeah, Bede, yeah, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like, okay, Bede had an incredible career, won a lot of events, but let's use like Dayon or someone. 
he he had a good career, did a QS, got a couple of years on tour, you know, had some amazing, reached his dream, and then he got off tour and he was what I want to do with this is get guys to start thinking about it now. Right. What it looks like beyond that. Because then okay. then when it goes, he goes, you know, towards the end of his career, he's starting to look. You know, I think Travis Logie's probably someone that's done that well. You know, mm-hmm. he's fortunate to land a job with WSL, but Day on when it's like, okay, I'm going to go into real estate sales. I'm a likable person. He noticed what he's, he used surfing to build this big network. And then he went and used that to, if you're a surfer that lives in Manly Beach and you're going to buy a house, you get a day on. Yeah, that's right. And then all of a sudden he used his community to build something. And he's the 1% of those guys that are able to do that. But Mick Campbell, like there's a guy that got second in the world. When I was on my honeymoon in Australia, I saw him surfing this, this beach uh, in Yamba. And I was like, oh my God, Mick Campbell, he still surfs like he's got that Bobby style. And he's, yeah, still surfs, like, you know, he's probably still making a lot of heats on tour. And there was probably four Groms out there that didn't know who he was. Yeah. But he like, so that is just one. And when I moved to America, I love this about American people that I met. Like you would meet somebody working at a car dealership and he would talk to them and he'd be like, oh yeah, like I rode in the Olympics and won bronze. Like once you got digged yeah, a bit yeah, deeper yeah, right, about them. Right. And that was just one thing in their life. They have so many like, they have so many different generate not generations, but like iterations, iterations yeah, of their right. life, yep. and they're mm-hmm. constantly evolving. And they're like, you know, now he's like, I'm, you know, I own the dealership and I do this, whatever it is, right? Like, yeah. you might have you rode crew in the Olympics, you probably made zero money, right? Most of these Olympians don't make the kind of money that surfers make. Well, I mean, the, and they're like they're getting government grants to survive, yeah. but like, well, I, you know, the, the the show that I was watching, which is amazing, is like this show Cheer. Right, that series on, and again, like if you if you if you're unfortunate like me to have gotten sucked into that thing, like after the first one, it's funny. My wife got into it, right? Kristen she, tried to get me enough. She like, she watched no, no one chance. and she hated it, but then I got addicted, so I watched watch the whole thing. Anyway, the idea is that these people they they work toward this goal, and then once they do that thing, there's no thing, there's nothing after it. So this is so that was such a weird one for me, and I it really sparked. Like I started thinking I was going to bring that up on this show because or on this on this podcast because. It's an interesting thing of like, maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe it doesn't have to be like you were saying the end all be all. Look at yourself. Like, look at you. You have a you've bought a house in Topanga, like in freaking on the west side of L.A., one of the highest real estate markets on your own, bought your own fucking house. Right. I mean. Like you've been able to be really successful. I mean, to me, buying a house is very successful. You know, obviously people can be like they can buy 10 houses, but. To me, like to be 33 years old or 32 years old, 33 years old, and and have bought your first house is a big achievement. So, what I mean again, like and not to blow your smoke, no, but like it, it, your story is interesting, really interesting to me. I, yeah, and I was really lucky, and I had good people around me, and I was able to. And this is what the, you know we're talking about the point of this podcast is to like, if you're a parent, don't think that your kid's <laughs> going to be the surfer making a million, two, dollars. million to three million dollars anymore. That yeah. dream's over. They're going to have a great life. They can surf. Maybe they hit hit the big time. And they're able to make you know four hundred to five hundred grand a year for those five years. But what is? Don't hang your don't hang the hat on that. There's got to be something beyond that. This weekend, but last week Wednesday or so, the surfer Adrian Toyon, he's from Reunion Island, and he he surfs just like Rob Machado, kind of looks like Rob. He's just like stupidly good looking guy, you know, Creole, dark skin, and he always he was sponsored by Gotcha because they were still big in Europe, and then he's been with Vans the last couple of years and. I saw him during the US Open. We had a surf together and then we bumped into him in Hawaii and we used him for this kind of Tales from the Lineup with Jeep series that we're doing with Jamie O'Brien. Anyway, him and I chatted for probably five minutes there. Last week, Wednesday, he emails me or messages me on Instagram, says, what's your number? Give him my number, hits me on WhatsApp. Says, hey, do you mind if I 
give you a call and pick your brain. I said, sure, no problem. This week's a bit busy. Hit me on Monday. Uh, anytime from nine, I'm free. I mean, on Saturday, anytime from nine, I'm free. Right. 9 a.m. comes, my phone rings. Like, I, actually, I saw this European number. I was like, who is this? I like answered, totally forgot about the call. Right, right. right. Like, and he phoned. And he, his whole objective of the call was to pick my brain and talk to me about like how I would manage to transition out of it and how I found what I liked. And I was like, I was actually generally, beyond being a little bit hungover, a little dusty from a few beers now, <laughs> I was generally like shocked and didn't know what to say. Like it took me a, a moment to, to g- gather my thoughts and go and actually like figure out how to give him the best advice forward. But what I said to him and he, and I, first of all, I told him, I was like, the fact that you're doing this now means you're years ahead. Like I never did this. I just kind of like navigated and got lucky and, you know, you fell into a couple of things, but then worked out what you were good And at. I had and a right place, right timing, right? So sure. here's a guy that's looking at this COVID-19 thing as like, this thing's terrible. He's with the brand. If you're going to be with any brand in surfing now, you choose Vans. Like they're the most secure. And they're like, they are the ones that will survive this and keep, yeah. they keep doing bitching stuff. And they're just rad anyway. And you know why? Because they don't have one guy that they pay $3 million or a million dollars. They don't have a guy on their surf team that makes over 500 grand, yeah. 400 grand. So there's a really healthy balance of athletes. They go, hey, we can keep everybody happy at this price range. Right. And then when the bottom falls out, the market falls out, we're not top heavy with this. We can make small adjustments here and there and everybody wins, right? So they've been, I mean, they just, they, that's the reason they are the greatest brand in the world. And well, they, they, they're just, I mean, yeah, I you mean, can't say enough good things about Vans, but, but yeah. So, so anyway, so he's with Vans. So he's probably more mm. secure than any other server in the world. But he phoned me and he, we, we chatted about it. And I said to him, Adrian, you've got to look at it like dating, right? Like us, you and I are taken on different projects with our work. We're still f- trying to figure out what you've had agencies. You've done work across video projects, yeah, yeah. creative graphics, everything. Still not exactly sure what we want to do. Yeah. 100% sure, right? <laughs> exactly. So you never are. So I said to him, you've got to look at it like dating. Or you can be sure what you want to do, but you might not be getting that type of stuff. So you've exactly. got to do what you got to do until you get to that place so if said, you have a vision. So I said to him, you with Vans that do all this bitch and stuff in the world. Yeah. Like from skates, you know, fashion. They've, they have all these different uh, things. Use them as a stepping stone to do that. Like go there, help out for free. Yeah. Like literally go and say... I'm already you guys, are doing, roster you guys are doing yeah. a skate jam. Can I come help set up the event? Yeah. And follow the event chick around and learn, okay, maybe you like events. Or, hey, you guys are doing a film shoot with this skate or this fashion icon or whatever. Can I come assist in the background? Yeah. And trials. I'll bring you coffee. Like, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Use, Be humble. Use, the, use these brands as the stepping stone. And you, so you're, you're doing two things, right? You're providing huge value to the brand. Right. Yeah. They go, hey, look at this guy taking interest in our business and trying to help out. And right. maybe you just opening beers at the after party at the bar yeah you know but you're there and you're navigating you and, and you're visible which is exactly, not exactly and all either. of a sudden you become a bit more uh there's a bit more sense of what's going on around you and you're starting right. to see oh shit okay i see how hard that person you the awareness factor just becomes up of everything that goes into that event you know i guarantee if the wsl surfers all worked within the WSL for two weeks to realize what goes into an event, they'd have a whole different approach to the actual event. Right. They'd right. just be like, fuck, this is the most incredible operation. You go stand in that booth with all the screens. Yeah. And you're just like, oh my God, like, look at this coming live. The guy's just going, okay, angle two, this one here, hold here yeah. for three seconds. Yeah. And okay, make sure it's, it's yeah, like it's poetry in motion. Right? Exactly. Like, and truly. I think once you start understanding business, you start seeing all those opportunities. And that's what I spoke to Adrian about. I was like, you need to be able to test all these things you date all these girls, you eventually find mm-hmm. a wife. Yes. You find out this is my type. This You have to do a bunch of shit you don't like to yeah. realize the stuff you like. Yes. And as surfers, and as these young surfers, all they want to do is do the stuff they like. 
Yeah. They just want to go surf every day. And they want to be they cool. They just want to get paid. Yeah. Like, J-O-B's vlog, right? Like, he makes... He is the one server that doesn't need the surf industry. Yeah. And obviously, Kaylee is like a normally... John can go do his thing, but he's made all his money. But now, Jamie makes significant money outside of surf. Those people buying stay Psych shirts, yes, there's some servers in there, but they're middle America. He's yeah. managed to figure out to take what he does yeah. and make it appeal to the, the kids sitting in Indiana that surf has never even seen the ocean before. Which is why I consider Jamie a, a, like a, a, a candidate for, for us to be able to, you know, connect to, to brands. Like mm-hmm. I, I would say to a, a, a mainstream brand, if you connect with Jamie O'Brien, you will get ROI. Like 100%. for sure. And like, because, you know, well, instead of saying, well, t- Sam, take that money and spend it on WSL, take that money and spend a certain amount of that on Jamie. Sam wrote, an, Sam wrote an article and it was, I think it was about like the, the modern influence and vlogger, Sam from Stab. And he said like, if you're a brand, you can go give Ben Gravy 20 grand and you'll get as many eyeballs as you get John John Flanch for 3 million. And he wasn't saying that to like, say John John's not worth what he gets because he's we all John John's biggest groupies. I right. see John and I still get like tight chested and I'm, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I see Jordy too. Dane, Dude, the, I see Dane. I'm like, Dane. Yeah, I know. Like, yeah. I, see, yeah. I know. It was like hard to work with Jordy when we're, we're, in, we're in Japan. I'm like, fuck, that's Jordy Smith. No, I kept like, like it's true, talking like, to him. I'm like, whoa, it's Jordy Smith. It's just weird. I'm 50 years old and I'm like sitting there like, you know, but that generation, three years old. But our generation's old. aged up from that, right? Because yeah. of the new thing and like you can just, if you, if the Kardashians are your end all be all, you just plug into their life twenty four seven. Right. So Jamie's managed to plug all these people in, yeah, and then and then turn around and monetize them better than anybody. The neat thing about it too is that he used not not like he used in a bad way, but he he leveraged like Red Bull and that series and their audience totally. for his own good. And then when they were like, "All right, we're done with this," he just basically. They, everybody that's, still loved J-O-B that's what he told so he us just, he, I mean, was, it's, he was on the brink of cancelling it yeah now we've got three full-time shooters three editors yeah merch that does like 20 to 30 grand a month in sales like and, and his professional career surfer professional yeah. surfer career as gnarly as Jamie O'Brien is and and again he probably did pretty probably still does pretty well in terms of sponsors but but like he wasn't making money no he made bucks for those years he was the American like all-star he was touted for world champion title he was the best brom in the world like i when me and jordy when we were kids it was like jamie o'brien yeah he was that guy yeah he's only huh. just i must have missed he went that. away from the barrels yeah i think yeah that might he was big like rip cool was sponsoring him he was in taylor steel films yeah like, jamie was big big so he made bucks there bought a house in hawaii he but you know he wasn't not a, not nearly the kind of money that the boys are making now or were making to retire he still has to work I mean. and that kind of so thing. he so he wasn't his surf career was great. He's had a great career. Still having a great career. Even even if he didn't do the the, the vlog, he still would have a career in surfing. Just surfing. Yeah, being, he makes being 60, an 80 grand a year, whatever he gets. Yeah, from dominates Bull, pipeline. I mean, couple, how, you know, there's a value there. Maybe makes a hundred grand a year, but not to live the life that he's living. No, to maintain the life. I mean, no. he just built the most insane house. But that's he has it. He leveraged what you were saying to Adrian. What what your advice to Adrian was: find something that you or try a lot of things. Speed date. Try to work out what you're really good at. Job realized he's really good on camera, and he, and he understood that. And they went, oh okay, well. And, he, and, and as he got more and more comfortable with it, he got better and better at and it. He, and then he didn't just stop there. He got he obsessed on getting better and better and better. He did not let himself just go. Whatever, we're good. He also figured out that like if every grom, and this is the problem with all these like surf vlogs and that, if every grom watched his video that surfs, he might get like thirty thousand views. That's right. Like it's not enough to monetize. No. So he like. And this is where Sam talked about being gravy. Like, 
everyone can relate to Ben Gravy jumping off a rock onto a wave in like some lake in the middle of nowhere that was made by a boat. And, you know, all of a sudden you're that kid that lives in that state and you're like, whoa, this guy went surfing in landlocked America. Yeah. In the Michigan. You well, know, he surfed in harbor or whatever. He surfed every state. Exactly. So yeah. all of a sudden that it's becomes crazy. something that's relatable to a demographic bigger than your own. That's right. And that's what this whole thing's about, right? How do you sell product to someone beyond your your demographic or your your crew being the core surf industry? And I think if enough people... See, here's the, this is where I think the new brands are going to come from. So I think what's going to happen is... And I don't mean new clothing brands. I just mean new brands, period. I don't care what they're selling. But I do think that that if, if a bunch of surfers... Because surfers generally... You know, you'd be pretty creative if you're a surfer. If you, re, you, really, you really... If you really let yourself tap into that, a lot of surfers are really creative. Not all you're of them. Crafty, yeah. But a lot of surfers are, especially if you want... And so, you know, again, back to the idea, this the, that Red Bull project is, is that that we learned that surfers are... Gen, they're, uh, there's a, surfers over-index in this in entrepreneurial behavior, right? Because, yeah, like one of the guys we took away was he's world champion breakdance. He's like an iconic breakdancer, right? Yeah. And he's like, I could be living in some sick house in Hollywood, um, like being the cool guy making seven figures and yeah, yeah doing that but he's like instead i'm living in a one fucking bedroom apartment in venice beach that's so tiny a studio apartment so, so i can so surf I can, every day so i can be close to the ocean and surf every day yeah like that's all i care about he's like i quit the bieber tour he was dancing on the bieber tour and he's like i'm out of here so i can go surfing like that's I'm right done with this thing halfway through i want to go surf yeah it's like fuck you money if you wanted it to <laughs> yeah. be right if you just no, kept surfing it up is it's beyond so if you can capture that and there's this kind of there's this kind of intensity with people that surf. And that's yeah. why you're saying it's hugely tied to entrepreneurship. Yeah. And you and to try to be, make sure that whatever it is that you're doing, you know, you can maintain the surfing lifestyle. You have to start to but, figure out a way to make money. So if these kids, instead of kids who will soon be adults, instead of the, and, and the parents, instead of focusing on, on the act of surfing and winning, being the, being the focus, being the, the end all be all, it's everything that you, it's a 360 approach. It's like, the surfing takes place for, let's say that you're really surfing and you're really training. You're surfing four, five, six, sometimes longer a day. That's almost like a full-time job. But generally, you're surfing a couple hours a day, the most. And and then maybe you do a little training, whatever. But that isn't enough. Like, you have to have something else. Like, you have to have a different... You've got to have something else that you're bringing to the table that uh, that, that a certain segment of an yeah. audience can relate to yeah, more than... Walsh. Yeah. He's done a great job with that. Like oh the my God, stuff yeah. he does with Red Bull. Like, yeah. and he's and he's also training. Let me tell you, he's also training six eight hours a day. Like you know, when I was in Maui and was shooting that show with Red Bull recently with Izzy, like dude, those guys are up training early. Then they're doing this. Then they're surfing. You know, so like his whole day is that. And then what is he doing at night? He's doing his little cooking show for Red Bull. Yeah, he's cutting food and talking about it. And you know, it might not be core surf or anything like that, but but they're able to post it and attach like everyday people to surfing through the act of cooking right? right and he's doing it and he's you know got stupid dorky mustache and he's like laughing and joking around about his experience and all of a sudden it's relatable yeah and unless you can become relatable to to the people beyond your circle which is the surf community for being recognized as just a great surfer yeah you're not gonna be enticing to a brand right and and then that's where brand because we're gonna have to start looking outside of surf brands for sponsorship well that's because the surf brands are just the i mean again and i do i think look in every in every crisis there's an opportunity and i think that there's there's a lot of opportunity coming up now with with it's going to be a two three four year shakeout of like things really going sideways um but out of all these ashes is going to rise some something incredible that we can't that we don't even know what it is yet 
and there will be people and hopefully there'll be a bunch of surfers that will be attached to that thing or that movement and that, I couldn't agree more like the and on the other side of that if you're a brand right now and you're one of these big guys and that here's a chance to like restructure your team and go after the guys that have the most influence and core like if I'm you know, obviously they just lost in Volcom but if I'm Quicksilver I'm looking at Ryan Birch right now yeah um, I'm looking at you know I'm looking at one of these guys that okay hey here here's his little opportunity here to get this guy and you know he's gonna plug this hole for us and he's gonna be able to tell the story and you know that that's it so yeah. I'm looking at these guys right now like the fact that no one has gone to like Ben Gravy and being like dude here's 30 grand a year go and do your thing yeah like 36 grand a year or yeah. whatever like you'd be imagine what you'd get out of that exactly. Ben Gravy would give you the world dude, for that yeah you know? seriously I mean it's insane like yeah. it's that but that's how this if the surf brands haven't been able to see that opportunity how are they going to see the opportunity with their guys and the marketing to the outside i mean and that's the i think that's the takeaway here there's a couple of things that take away is that is that you know it's kind of like so when i was in high school you know there were the kids and it was funny because they were the kids that they were like the jocks right the kids that were played football or they were like you know um or the the they just sort of everything was sort of you know life was easy for them like they, they or it seemed to be anyways but but the if you can you could kind of tell that they were they were peaking already you know they were like they, their vision was very short about what they were into like their football girls parties beer whatever that frat boy kind of thing nothing really after that and I think that's sort of been the surf industry I think the surf surf industry's kind of been on that path of like of like we're really cool you're not that cool we're totally cool and and we're gonna and we and we elevate our own we're gonna just be this insular little group and and the world is as we see it and the world is what we say it is this is the world this is the this is surfing this is this is the sport this is the lifestyle this is the culture and this is what we say it is and and because we're so cool you're just going to like us forever right and eventually the world went you're just that football dude like like you know you you go back to the high school re- reunion well, it gets bigger than you yeah right you go back to the high school reunion and that and that same dude's there and he's still reliving the glory years of like the time he caught a touchdown pass in like 1985 and he's got a giant gut and he's done nothing with his life that's to me that's the surf industry they got to a certain part they've they had a certain amount of success then they got greedy they got lazy and then now here we are not because of covid because the thing is i the thing i don't want this to be about i don't want people to go oh the poor surf industry because covid no man everybody's dealing with this shit and you guys were blowing it before and that's why the sponsorship, but that's why the whole sponsor model, you know, is, is what it is because, or shouldn't say model. That's why the, the reality of the situation is, is that, you know, these incredible athletes, guys like Jordy, guys like, guys like John, guys like, you know, why their deals are getting cut, all that stuff. Yes, it's a re- it's a reset, but it's also the result. Really, if you think about why the reset was necessary, because these brands didn't make themselves uh, I guess viable, right? Yeah, they ran not, out of runway. It's not John John's fault that Hurley don't know how to market him and use him. That's right. Like it's the same. They like you know Dane talked about in chapter eleven. Like you know, or maybe we spoke a lot about it before he released that movie, and we did a couple interviews and that during the stab days. But he spoke about it, and I and I had the same feeling with Quicksilver and Mikey. Like they were like they looked at him like he was going to save the brand. Yeah. Like, he's like, I'm just a surfer, dude. Like, and this is Dan. Like, I'm just a surfer. I'm not going to save your brand. Like, if right. you can, if you can figure out how I can save your brand, like, let I'm me know. Like, <laughs> tell me what to do. Yeah. Like, if you I'll say, be there. like, yeah, yeah, jump on this jump rope for 20 minutes. And sure. 
Quicksilver be fixed, he would have done it. But yeah, like, yeah. unfortunately, that wasn't it. It's these CEOs and these different people that shouldn't be in these positions trying to lead the charge and take that. So if you've got yeah. those guys on top, and now we're seeing it with the surf industry and like who's going to be affected the worst, and that's the surfers right now. And that's that's the point of this one is this like sponsorship. You know, surfers essentially are, if you're a surfer right now, unless you're like a guy that's like knocking on the door, creating major waves like a young Baron Mamiya or yeah. Jack Rob or someone like that. Like you need to look at yourself, which they also, these guys do a good job at that. Of Like you're an influencer, essentially. Yeah. You're no different to that chick that hot and that everyone's liking on Instagram and is promoting a product. You're exactly the same as that. You just happen to rip. And yeah, or, as you say, your ripping is her ass. You wig- right? exactly. Like, you her can, ass is the same thing as you. Ripping. But her ass is more appeal than your, your ripping <laughs> yeah. and, to a bigger audience. Right. And she can airbrush that shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Wiggling on waves is not going to do it. So you need to compare yourself to that. Constantly do that. Um, and then one last thing, I think, you know, if you think the Olympics is going to like save surfing and there's going to be like this outside interest, there will be a few. Kainoa was killing it. I heard um, Chloe had a little deal from United Airlines. Like there will be some of those things, but yeah. it's not going to be like one foot Chiba is not going to be the savior of surfing and like the visibility, like millions of people that watch the Olympics already know about surfing. Mm. So unless it's going to be framed up and cool and there's, we, and you know, we always give the WSL shit about this. They've done a poor job at framing up the surfers and individuals, right? Like, and who they are. There's no storytelling. The storytelling, exactly. To get people in, like, it's the same way as they're like, don't interview any of the Brazilians in in Portuguese, right? So how's your personality meant to shine through? How are you meant to get behind someone that you don't know anything about? So that's my worry. That's just straight up racism. That's my worry about the Olympics. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, it's to expect everyone that speaks English in the world is is insanely... Um, but if you to think the Olympics is going to fix that, like, I don't think so. Like, don't hang your head on that. Um, I mean, we just heard this morning that the Olympics might be postponed, canceled together. The yeah, I, I heard that this morning. Um, the, the word is, is that, uh, that, that, um, Abe is, was saying that the, who's was saying that if, unless there's a, um, unless there's a vaccine, that they might they might cancel the Olympics altogether, um, which really sucks for just so many different reasons and people. I mean, there's just you know it's not just surfing in the Olympics. There's a lot of people's dreams on the line that you got to think of how many people worked. You know, some people worked their entire lives for, and that's the interesting about surfing, right? Surfing, some surfers are still making some money even if the Olympics don't happen. These Olympics athletes, man, they, you know, gymnasts and people like that, that like, they have that one shot at yeah, it. Yeah, they're living it. off government crafts just enough to pay their rent and pay for their gym and all that every month. Like, we're still the act of going surfing is our biggest blessing, right? That's like, right. You know, they And that's what a, you can't forget. A, a sprinter or a trainer or, I mean, sorry, a sprinter or a gymnast and that they work for that one moment on since that four. board since they're four, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and for like that, like 30 seconds or whatever their, yeah. their comp- competition is. Surfers, we get to go surfing every day. Yeah. We are spoiled. So like, to expect that the industry owes us something or anybody does is like, no, the fact that you got a surfboard and there's a beach nearby and you live near the coast, you're extremely blessed. So I do think it's, a, this is a, I mean, the real point of, the, of this thing to me is that it, 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 you know, we put a little bit, a lot on the brands and, and we did that last time too. I'm going to put it more on the surfers at this point too. It's like, you got to think a little bit, you got to be, you got to be more than just a ripper and but you God, have to really think about what, like, if I'm a brand, why do I need to pay you money? I don't care what level you are. I don't totally. care if you're like the bro, if you're the Paul Takahashi down to Topanga, or if you're, or if you're John Florence. Or what? Yeah, what void am I filling for this brand? Go That's to a right. brand and say, hey, you look like you're not doing very well in this region. 
I have a huge following in this region. I can get you into four surf stores and that will yeah. lead to X sales. And then it's an easy tra- uh, transaction, right? It becomes very transactional. That's right. Um, but I mean, I think, that's what we're trying to coach people to do, right? I mean, exactly. are you especially, and this has been yeah. one that you're on in that, and the article that you wrote for Stab, which got so many, was so lauded, the, the, you know, that's, I think what, what people need to hear is yeah. that, that piece. You need to add value to whatever brand you're going after. They don't owe you anything like, and if, unless you can figure out a way to be unique and add value on a daily basis there beyond the lineup, you see ya, you won't last very long. Yeah. Um, so I think with that, one last thing I wanted to talk about is predictions. And that but no, was, we don't. We need a doomer's rumor for for today. What is the doomer's oh. rumor? There's got to be one. I don't know. There's not many rumors going on right now. I heard, I heard one that's kind of scary and it kind of evolves around this. But I heard there's a few of the brands that are, um, you know, that are struggling right now. I'm thinking about like and maybe. Possibly Hurley being one of them, like filing Chapter Eleven, okay, because they basically got a trademark. What Chapter Eleven will allow them to do is get out of all their leases, all the overhead, like all that kind of thing, right, and just reset, start yeah. fresh, no more surfers. Like if you these guys that just bought this thing for, what was it one hundred and twelve million? You uh, like, oh, fuck. I mean, Nike just scored getting oh rid of, my god, getting yeah. rid of that fucking yeah. pig. Okay, well that's a good rumor. Yeah, so I think I mean, so it's I a bad, that, it's a good bad rumor. Yeah, I heard there's some yeah. rumors around them thinking about filing and just kind of stripping it all back and restarting. Um, so that's Probably one a good call. And then on the prediction front, I was like, let's talk about John and like kind of where he could go. So oh, yeah, like, cool. Obviously, there was the one going around that he could ride for Rip Curl. Maybe at the end of this, I still see it. Like if you know, there's going to be some short term pain, but if you're looking at a guy for long term, like so there's possibly still an opportunity now that figure would obviously change if it was 1.5 before it's you know max a million now mm-hmm. um but to me it's patagonia for john oh, like he kind of embodies everything so one thing i do know is yeah. that they won't pay over a certain amount yeah and they don't really pay in general so it's like kind of like 500 grand i think it's kind of the the dollar rate or like where it is um that's just kind of what the most... But they would support anybody. anything you wanted to do, right? And he would be with them for the next 50 years. Yeah. You know, and they're like everything he does, he's gardening. He's got his like... He's got his added property up the hill in Pupacaya where he's doing all his gardening and farming, his bees. Like he's been doing this before it was cool. Yeah, that's like, right. his photography. Sailing. Same, everything and, he does. Yeah, like, all yeah, that. Yeah. Um, it's stuff that he's generally in, genuinely interested in. Um, so I think maybe like a Patagonia for him, you know, he's, that'd be amazing. Yeah. And then it's longevity, right? Like there's value in longevity yeah. right now, like signing for a big check for like two or three years and then the surf industry's back in the shape it was versus like, you can ride for these guys forever. You know, that's, he probably made that mistake. Do you know if there's it. any conversation there or are you just saying you think that's a, that's a good uh, move? I'm, I mean, imagine can we, can we kind of do him as rumored or I no? imagine they're looking at him a little bit. I heard there's been some conversations. Dude, like, that would been be conversations so everywhere rad. for John. Yeah, and that would work for him for sure. There have been conversations everywhere and they weren't quite sure what the figure was that was before COVID. Yeah. But uh, Patagonia would be sick for him. Like, it just, would, but do they then, do they then, who do they, do they then say to Ian, like, no, hey, they thanks, don't need Ian. to because it's a different thing different, and they've got a program. Company. And like, Yvonne set that company up to thrive. You've got to listen to, uh, not to take you away from our podcast, but business wars and they do Patagonia, Patagonia versus the North Face I listened to last week and it's fascinating about how Yvonne and the North Face guy, they were always stuck to true to their course. They never wavered from what they believed. It was quality first. And yeah, anyway, so those that those kind of brands are going to thrive and win out of this whole situation and will exist. So if I'm John, I'm looking at them. He should have done it with Vans. You know, I bet he's kicking himself in the teeth for taking more money from Hurley and not going with Vans back then. 
but it, it is what it is. He made a shit ton of money, so you can't really complain. But yeah, that's it. That's my uh, that's my prediction. I think that's a good way to go out for sure. Um, I think yeah. Let's let's uh, let's everybody out there that likes uh, that likes that idea. Like, let's go message message both both parties and see if we can make that happen. Yeah, seriously. Um, all right. Well, next so- week. That next is week, uh, next week. Next week's one that we will be recording for this week. No, uh, next week's episode is Can You Be a Surfer and a Conservative? It's been fueled by kind of the ongoing discussions on Facebook. You've seen the news. We're seeing surfers protesting open up our beaches next to Trump supporters in Huntington Beach. So there's quite a few layers of this one. We'll yeah. probably, it's going to be heavy opinion based. We're going to try to get Derek Dunphy on. We reached out to him uh sal's gonna come on we're gonna have a few different people from different sides of the fence so we, we're gonna maybe try to get as many as we possibly can because this thing's really deep um and just you know the after you listen to this long enough you'll you'll recognize that i'm pretty far left and and i've had a bit of a shocker looking and researching for this um for this podcast and so i think that you'll find if if you know what no matter what side of the sort of political spectrum you're on or if you're not at all um, I think you'll find this one to be really interesting, actually, because there's there is uh, there's a lot to consider, and there's you know it, it, who we are as surfers, and um, and and what that what sort of um, you know ramifications that has or or effect that has on our on our politics in, in terms of the type of people we are. Absolutely, um, and I selfishness, think, and yeah, et we've, yeah, we've got some. We're going to try coming from a pretty neutral point of view, even though Chad just said he's a heavy. Fuck no. There's no uh, neutral here. Yeah, there I'm is, coming at this is very, very weighted left. <laughs> at least on the left side of the table. I'm just yeah. so. And I'm definitely not on the right side of the table. No, he's like, we're both <laughs> yeah. on the left. Though. The table's still. But yeah. we want to give people the fair uh, yeah. opportunity to kind of say say what they believe in. And that's kind of, you know, I prefer, I'd rather have someone that, even if I disagree with, stand up for what they believe. 100%. Or just be in the middle and kind of like flip and flop. So yeah. if you know anybody, if you know any surfers that's. Uh, Super right winged, um, but but smart, know. not just dumb. Yeah, ass, not just like, gonna be yeah, not uh, like a reaction. Not like John Robo's Instagram, like comparing abortions and coronavirus deaths. So yeah, um, so cool. anyone that actually is has a business is successful can kind of actually stand up and have a good argument. Please let us know. And with that, we're going out. <laughs> okay, thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.